0: everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders.
1: Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for this National Poetry Month celebration. We know you'll enjoy the fun and entertainment As we share experiences reading and writing poetry today, we are welcoming in April's National Poetry Month. This discussion covers the gambit from our listeners and participants, from poetry readers, aspiring poets, casual poets, and published poets. Get ready for another episode full of learning, laughter, and new ideas for readers and writers. So buckle up, buttercup and get ready to be inspired with poetry practices and perspectives. I am Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my favorite playful poet. Oh, wait a minute. My fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Hey, Kathy. Hi, everybody. And I got the Master of the
0: Universe. And here's my first poem. April is Poetry Month and our one-year celebration. And here we are ovulation <laughs> I told you she was playful. so now on to our responses to our prompts. The prompt this week was I was crossing the bridge and I see a rainbow, and then I dot that dot in dot, fifty words
2: or less. Abby would like to speak. I walked across the bridge and I saw a rainbow, and then I saw my husband Bill, who had been dead since 2012 and I realized that I was crossing the Rainbow Bridge and I was in his arms and we were once again happy together.
0: Thank you, Abby. Thank you very much. Thank
2: you. Before I turn it back
0: over to Kathy, I just want to let you all know that Kathy and I have put together a Writing Works Wonders Creative Writing Prompt Journal and the ebook is available for pre-order for $5.99 on Amazon, Apple, Barnes & Noble and many other places. The release date will be April 15th and then we also have a large print journal. Looks great. It's 160 pages. Each prompt is on a separate page so When you read one prompt, you can bookmark and then whether you still write with, you know, handwriting, with a brailler, your computer, you'll have your spot in your ebook bookmarked because a lot of times I've seen them where it's. Where it's just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all on one page. So this is really great. And so, if even if you're listening to an ebook with voiceover, eventually we hope to have it on audio uh, by our very own Chanel. And who better to do that? And so, looking forward to it. The ebook actually comes out to about 95, 90 pages, I think, you know, because there's 75 prompts in there. So it's a
1: lot of fun. Kathy? Thank you, Cheryl. And I was mentioning this to a group this morning on one of our Zoom calls, and they were asking, is this one of those things where you have to write long entries? And I said, oh no, they, these are the typical writing works wonders prompts where you're usually like 40 words, 50 words, maybe a hundred words, or sometimes it's three or four sentences. These are very brief entries that we're asking for, for you to just stimulate your writing for the day. So today we're discussing reading and writing poetry. And we'll start off with the discussion about reading poetry because everybody can participate in that. There are so many different types of poetry. Let's start off first, though, with what is your favorite time or place where you enjoy reading poetry? This is open for everybody who's participating, everybody in our Zoom room to share their thoughts on this. And we'll take a couple of responses before we move on to the next question. When do you need, when do you like to read poetry?
2: Who has thoughts on this one? Abby Taylor. Well, I enjoy, I usually prefer to read poetry in Braille. And I like to enjoy, I like to read poetry either in the evening in my recliner or, you know, now that summer is spring is sprung and the weather's going to get warm pretty soon, I'll be able to my backyard and read poetry. And that's where I like to read poetry the most, especially nature poetry, because I I subscribe to this journal called The Weekly Avocet. And there's a weekly journal and then there's also a quarterly journal as well. And I like to read those actually out in nature in my backyard when I can. Fabulous.
1: Oh, I can see you there right now. I can see that, Abby. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Next up is Carol Mackey.
3: Thank you. I have to admit that I love poetry and I have certain poets that I really enjoy, like Billy Collins and a number of others. I don't read enough poetry. So this discussion is really, really important for me. I have some sites so I can still read some, but it's not my go-to place. Isn't that interesting? And I love to write. So I wondered if other People in our situation find the same thing. It's not an automatic to go to reading poetry for me. Writing it, absolutely, but not the reading. Interesting. Thank
1: you. Very good point. Good question there. Thanks, Carol. Who's next, Chanel? Next
2: up is Musi.
1: I am like the girl before me. I like Billy Collins, and I will often get from Bard a whole collection of a favorite poet and listen to it as if it were a book, when I'm resting. I'm very glad that poetry is a subject today. Thank you. Annie Chapetta. This
4: is a great uh, discussion. So I like to read poetry in a quiet place where I can concentrate on it. And I do listen to poetry because I'm not a very good Braille user. Sometimes if I if I can get the actual poetry reading in a document form, and I will go through it line by line or you know, make sure that I can read it in a way where I'm the most receptive to it. Sometimes I feel like I have to be with the poem and really have it sink in in order for me to, uh, to appreciate it, so.
5: Thank you, Annie. Great insights. Next up, Elisa. Hi. I like to read poetry in the morning because it stimulates my imagination and sometimes helps inspire me to write, but I, I don't read it as much as I'd like to. I find it fun to read it with other people um, so that we can discuss ideas about the poem. So that's what I have to say.
1: So, Elise, hold on there a second.
5: How do you go about reading it with other people? Tell us a little bit more about that, if you would. Like, to take one poem and everybody read the same poem and then discuss it. I do it in workshops. Next up is Alice.
6: Thank you, and best wishes for a grand National Poetry Month to everyone. I'm very much looking forward to April, and I read a great deal of poetry. Here between January and National Poetry Month, I really gear up and read even more than usual. I find that's a way for me to know all the the kind of poetry that's out there currently and to go back and reread or read the poetry of number of decades and centuries ago and so forth. One of my favorite books on BARD that I try to reread each year is the Poet Laureate's Anthology. And it goes from the very first Poet Laureate of the United States up to a certain year and uh, quite a number of years. I think it's 40-some years involved there. And there are poems from each of those Poet Laureates And there's also a wonderful bio of each one. And the reader does a superb job because there are so many different styles of poetry involved with all of those Poets Laureate of the United States that having one reader who can do all of those readings and do the poems and poets justice and to really be very adept at reading a variety of styles The reader does quite an impressive job, so I certainly recommend that, whether you're reading audio or Braille. And just the current poet laureate, Joy Harjo, I think I've read all of hers that are on Bard, and she has quite a number of books that are there on Bard as well. I hope that many of you delve into that. There was someone a number of years ago who told me, she just couldn't understand her fellow students at another university who were not reading poetry because they really then did not know the realm of poetry enough to do all that they could with their writing. And I think especially if one's interested in being published, one needs to know the works that are out there. Just for example, if you're a children's writer, you need to read children's books so that you'll know what is currently being published and so forth. I think that's true also with poetry. And one of my favorite narrators of poetry in the NLS system is David Hartley Margolin. And he frequently reads poetry in choice magazine listening. And, and that's another good place to find the realm of current poetry that publishers are selecting. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Excellent suggestions, Alice. Okay, let's move on to the next question, because I can kind of hear that the conversation has shifted. And that's great, because we've kind of morphed into the next quest set of questions here. And I'd like to hear more about the favorite types of poetry you like to read, and the favorite poets that you like to read. So we can all get some great suggestions here, and we can list some of these suggestions in the show notes. We'll open it up to types of poetry you like to read, and poets you enjoy reading.
7: First up is Annie Chappetta. Next will be Abby. Hi
4: again. Well, I love just reading every type of poetry. Some of my favorite poets are past Poets laureate. Billy Collins is one, Maya Angelou and Joy Harjo, especially. I stumbled across her work for a poetry appreciation group that I take part in. And uh, we read one of her poems. We spent weeks on this poem because every single line was just, just so meaningful. It was just, she's a wonderful writer and she brings. A unique perspective to the poetry community. And I'm so glad that she's getting the attention she deserves. There's all kinds of poetry out there. I remember someone told me a long time ago, well, you need to read the classics. Okay. So like Sappho and Japanese forms and those kinds of things, Shakespeare and sonnets. And so... Being well-rounded in the reading of poetry is something that helps you be a, just a, a better writer of poetry. And, and even if you don't think you're a good writer of poetry, you can still uh, improve your skills as a reader. And you can still be able to hold your own in a group. Being able to understand poetry forms And understand the way it works and take apart certain pieces or even the mechanics of a poem. That's all something that's very important in the craft of poetry because it is a craft. Thank you very much,
2: Annie. Next up is Abby. I prefer non-traditional poetry. Uh, My favorites are Billy Collins. Marge Piercy, and I recently discovered George Bilger, B-I-L-G-E-R-E, George Bilger. And I like this type of poetry because it's straightforward and easy to understand and it's the type of poetry I like to write. And often I have read poems by these authors and have been inspired to write similar poems. That's fabulous connection. Excellent. Thank you, Abby. You're welcome. Thank you. Next up is Pam Johnson.
1: Yes, hello. I love poetry. When I was
8: real young, about high school age, my parents gave me for Christmas a big book collected of poems that were best beloved poems, a whole collection. Some of the ones I liked were tell a story like Paul Revere's The Midnight Rider Paul Revere by you know Longfellow. And also a lot of inspirational poems like one started out by saying the thing that couldn't be done. And that's what it was all about. The man sat down and did the thing that couldn't be done. And one poem, a lot of poems by unknowns, unfortunately, that don't have authors or that have unknown authors, like one called Do It Anyway, and went through a whole list of things and uh, said, well, do it anyway, you know, and it was a Real good poems. So those are some of the poems
2: I like. Thank you, Pam.
7: Next up, Carol Mackey. Thank you. Yeah,
3: a couple of things that came to mind um, in listening to everyone is, first of all, that for listening to poetry, I find going on YouTube that often there's a performance of a poet and they're reading their poetry. And I may not be able to see the person terribly well, but I sure can hear it. And hear the poet read it, which has been a real, I really do enjoy doing that. Mm. The other thing that has been mentioned, and I took poetry classes, uh, workshops, continuing education at the university, and those were wonderful classes. They had wonderful instructors and we would talk about different poets. But also the form, and I love using the forms like haiku or a sonnet, which is hard, but the form is there. So even if you can't write poetry to save your life, you can follow the form. It has certain number of syllables in a line. The rhyming scheme is is documented. So you can just play with it, but it gets you to think a little bit differently. So I love going back to those forms villanelles. Oh, there's hundreds of them, I believe. And they are very, very helpful for me in my process to kind of think about, well, maybe I should think about a haiku. And then I discover, nope, this doesn't work in haiku. I'm just going to write a poem with this, a topic, whatever it is that I'm writing. So there's just so many options out there for finding a way to write poetry, even though you can't write poetry. Thanks.
1: Terrific. Thank you so much. Elise, you may unmute. Hi, good morning. I just wanted to
8: say that I love everybody's comments. And thank you for these really great questions. I think I agree with the balance. I I definitely like reading poems from museums or professional workshops, because what I like to do more than read the poetry is read about it and why it impacted Mm -hmm. history. And even when I read someone else's poetry, I like to see what they might have done differently. And I definitely like reading poetry that comes from a textbook and kind of playing with it a little bit because it does stretch you as a reader. You get more out of it when you understand why concepts are there and
2: what techniques that the poet used. Excellent points. Thank you, Elise. And next we'll go to someone we have not heard from, Jane Tolino. You may unmute.
9: Hello, all of you. I love reading, as you would know, and I love writing. It is a strong physical, emotional, spiritual, every other kind of voice. I love hearing poetry read, and I love writing it because writing allows me to join the world of sight-dependent describers. And sometimes they go, all right, I've got one up on y'all. I'm going to get this done. And you have to listen to me describe it. But what I love best is the surprise you can put at the end of a poem, which has up until then been a description of, say, autumn. And I have one about that. Summer flies to autumn, flies to winter as geese fly south is a poem. And it ends with, that description of how the leaves turn colors. And so you sit there and you go, yada, yada, okay. And I don't like winter coming, but then at the end of that poem, I say how winter sneaks up on you and you've been bagged. So it's important to me to have a surprise in the poem. And one of the things that helps me most is to write the nugget of that surprise in a haiku, whether I do it as a syllable count or If I need bigger space, I'll say, okay, I'm giving it 17 words. But to me, that is helpful to create some fluency for myself as a writer and a reader. That's it. Excellent ideas. Thank you. Thank you
1: for the example. Cheryl, why don't we move on to writing poetry? Seems like that's where we're moving. It seems like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This has been really insightful and great. I'm one of those people that, like least I like to know why, the background of it. And just sitting with one poem, I mentioned to Marlene when I had bought her book that First Night, it's a short book, it's great. I listened through it four times because I wanted to really hear the poetry because it's a different way of hearing rather than when we were reading it. Let's go to what types of poetry do you like to write? First up, Annie Chapetta.
4: I write free verse, but I didn't start out writing free verse. I started out with the traditional poetry forms, with rhyming, sonnets, villanelles, learning stanzas, what poem forms are, how they're used, suggest to people to, to learn these things, on your own time or in your own way or take a workshop or whatever, because it's important to learn what poetry is and how the forms work so that you can maybe uh, relax the rules a little bit and understand what the rules are so you can bend them to your creative will. That's how I started with writing poetry. I wrote exclusively rhymed verse and meter. And then I took some poetry classes. I was introduced to to some free verse poets and I said, oh, you know, maybe maybe I don't have to rhyme anymore. Maybe I can use other types of rhythm and methods. I found that because I had a good grounding and understanding of what poetry is in terms of the mechanics of the poem, that I was able to figure out how I wanted to write my poetry and how I wanted to feed my curiosity, figure out how I wanted to express what I needed to in the poem itself. First, I learned everything I could about, you know, what a poem is and how it's written and why people write wrote what they did in terms of that. And then I found my own way and I still am curious. I still want to read poets that um, I haven't read. I want to understand their styles and I want to be able to deconstruct so much of the poem, in the poem's meaning so that I can go and find the meaning in the work that I do. Thank you.
7: Next up is Diana. I have been writing since childhood. So at first, my poetry tended to rhyme. But most of the time, when I'm writing about things that matter to me, I, a, a syllable count or something that gives the poem rhythm, and then I don't have to pay attention to rhyme. This is one I wrote that might illustrate that. We stand together in the heart of a nation whose people have come from many far places. The first to come arrived on foot over a land bridge. They came seeking a brighter future for their children. How could it not be so? And then I've got, you know, several more verses talking about the need for us as a nation to understand our roots and to reach out to each other and try to understand each other instead of Allowing our differences to divide us, not only our racial and cultural differences, but our differences because we don't all look alike. We don't do things the same way. And this includes understanding people with disabilities. So that was something that, that was resonating with me. So that's what I do when I have an idea or a thought that won't leave me alone. I will put it in a poem.
5: Next is Marlene. Hello, everyone. I admire ballads, a story in verse. I'm hoping to have a collection come out sometime this year called Story Poems because a story in a poem is not always a ballad necessarily, but I admire that form and I'm not even going to limericks because I got obsessed with that one. Thank you. Next up is Anthony.
10: This has been a fascinating call. Thank you. <laughs> like Deanna, I've been writing since I was a kid and I spent many years in journalism. So poetry was always something that I enjoyed. I found myself often when I was journaling going into poetry and then pulling out an idea that had come and creating a a poem from that idea. That's that's how most of my poetry um has been written. I've I've written quite a few. Songs actually lyrics that have been published and and some that have actually ended up on albums. I find myself much more comfortable with lyrics and and having that structure. My poetry tends to end up going into like the short story territory, and I have to pull back and and find a structure and and re. Poetry doesn't come easy to me, but but songwriting lyrics, really does. And just as as a fun little extra. Whenever I get stuck or or that writer's block is coming up from behind, there's one thing that will always jog, you know, my brain from, from that loop of like, okay, I don't know what to write next. I know what I want to say. I don't know how to write it or those things. And that is too wet to go out. It was too cold to play. So we sat in the house, all that cold, cold, wet day. And all we could do was just sit, sit, sit. And we did not like it not one little bit. And I don't have a prize to give, but you know, 10 virtual points to whoever guesses what that is. And thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Anthony. And we'll take Sioku and then we'll go on to the next one. Hello, Miss Sioku.
11: Morning. Um, uh, I won't talk much with this voice, but um, this is my first time on this call. I started writing poems, perhaps somewhere like in the 70s, but they were not versed poems, they were kind of free-flowing pretty short, but there was always, like, at the end there was that surprise that someone was talking about. In the late 80s, I kind of was devastated for writing a rhymed poem, and just out of the blue it came <laughs> on a moonlit night. Um, I had no idea that it would become a song, but it did become a song later. And soon after I started writing my own poems and song lyrics, I discovered the Finnish poet who writes rhymed poems and whom I didn't like at all when I was a school kid. Because we were like forced to read them rhymed poems like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, with that rhythm. And I didn't like it. And discovering that poet who had written so much people often uh, read read about his wonderful rhymes which are like masterpieces but there is so much written in those lines other than the rhymes only the beauty of the rhymes and the rhythm but also the message of the poet really I was fascinated and plus that I felt really uh, like a soul connection with that poet and was very inspiring because for me writing, he didn't inspire me to write songs, or perhaps only one, but reading poetry doesn't inspire me, but life itself and what happens around me inspires. And I can't write without that inspiration. I simply cannot like write, okay, you have to practice to write something. No, it, it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> I know for some, but for many people it does. But if somebody says, okay, you write about this thing. No, it, it, that's just, I need that something. And I need to write something like songs where something is happening or story or something, mm-hmm. a message Thank kind you. of thing.
0: Thank you. So glad well, you're here with us. Yeah. Thank you. What inspires you to write Poetry. This should be an interesting answer. So what inspires you? Who do we have, Chanel? First up, we have Tabitha. Well, look at that. We go from Finland to Ireland. Just <laughs> traveling today.
1: Hi, neighbor. I wanted to um, respond to Anthony's challenge. I'm going to guess that it's Dr. Seuss, cat in the hat. Ten virtual points for Tabitha. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. yes. That's right. Yes. Yes. Next up is Pam Johnson. What inspires
0: you? Yes, Ms. Pamela. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, but just
8: <laughs> if, if you're sitting down by a fireside, I don't have a fireplace, but wherever you are, you can write down things and just throw them out and see what you come up with. And you can pull things out of the air you wouldn't normally pull out and just have gentle rhymes and and gentle lines to form pictures and just like running along the beach and seeing what you could come up with.
0: I just envisioned that we'd be sitting around a fire with Kathy, you, me, and Kathy'd be like, oh my gosh, what did I get into with these two?
1: (laughs) 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 Kathy, huh? We'd be going around the bed.
0: All of our stories.
1: She Absolutely. Knows. You guys would be taking us into the wild blue yonder and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be talking few
0: aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you would. Purple ones,
7: you know.
9: Next is Jane. Thank you. Okay. So what inspires me to write is everything. It's my way of being smack dab in the world. And so mostly I love thinking uh, and walking, and walking turns into poems or songs. And I walk along and I hear a dog bark in a certain way, and that'll lead me to wonder what on earth that dog is up to. But today I was walking, and it, the sky is, was so quiet, and yet all of a sudden we get snowflakes, and I go, how the heck did you do that? Just quit it, sky. Mm-hmm. So anything, anything, you take an object or you take a concept. And for those of us who are totally blind, there is a world of difference now and again between concept and the reality of the thing once you've been there or touched it. So I'm wanting to write about drive-by. I don't like drive-by living. I want hands-on, kick it up, do it kind of stuff and poetry allows that and poems for me often turn into song lyrics.
0: (laughs) Thank you. What comes to mind is when a toddler starts walking and you go outside with them and they reach down and pick up a rock. And it's like all of a sudden this rock is the most interesting thing. And you know that's how it is with us when we're writing is allowing ourselves just the simplest little thing And, and it's amazing where
7: it can take us. Chanel Yes, next up is Elisa's iPhone. Elisa.
5: I usually start with some kind of a question and I write out what I think about that question and sometimes it'll spark a poem, but I don't know that what the end of the poem is going to be. And it doesn't mean that I'll have an answer to the question. Um, it's just an exploration of it. Or sometimes there'll be a word or a line in my head that seems to have come out of nowhere. And so then I explore that word or line. Thank you.
7: Next up is Carol
5: Mackey. Oh, oh well, well, wait now. I'm going (laughs) to switch.
0: I'm going to...
9: (laughs) go
0: to my next question because then you can okay. you can answer them both at the same time because oh, i thought how am gonna right. get carol up here first and for those of you who come on our call all the time especially with our authors we can always count on <laughs> carol to ask the question what is your process so here's my question what is your oh, poetry geez. writing process <laughs> along with what inspires you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything, I know, I, mean, I, mean,
3: I know, <laughs> it, gets, it gets, it gets, you know, you, when you create a monster, you got to live with it. Sometimes things come to me and I've got to rush to get sit down and continue with this thought because it's stewing around in my head. But oftentimes I need a prompt, I need a place to start, or at least a jumping off place. And I may go in a totally different direction. And one of the things that I did do, and now I am doing, um, I write a morning poem every day. And I write it the day before. And I have created another monster in that I send it out. I've got about 20 people that I send these poems out to every morning. Some of the people on this call receive them. Also to a family group, a small group, and, and then a number of individuals. And that has been the most wonderful or awful, depending on where I am in the process, inspiration for me. Because I know that tomorrow morning, those people, especially family members, are sitting waiting, all right, Carol, mom, where's your poem for today? And <laughs> that has been a really, really important a push for me. Because to sit down and write, I have trouble saying, okay, every morning I'm going to sit down and write for whatever time. It doesn't necessarily happen. I have trouble developing those habits. I have some of them certainly built into my life that are really important, prayer, meditation, etc. But the writing time is not necessarily. I also will give credit again to this Writing Works Wonders meeting or group every Friday at 1 o'clock. I'm Friday at one o'clock I'm darn well going to be here because I use this as kind of a writing prompt for me it's a writing inspiration there's always someone who's going to be bringing something else that's going to inspire me to think about writing poetry that happens to be my choice of a venue just writing in general and I just love it.
0: Thank you very much. You did very well. Thank (laughs) you. You you blended inspiration and process very, very well. Thank you. (laughs) Next, we'll go to someone we have not heard from, Cache. You may unmute. Hi, Cache. What a nice surprise. Hi,
12: Cheryl. Um,
0: Hi, everyone. (laughs)
12: This has been a great call. Most of the time I listen to you guys on the A-Lady. I um, have enjoyed all of what I've heard, and as a creative empath, (laughs) I love to write about everything. I think life uh, grooms my writing habits, and I love the style of poetry, and so my processes sometimes can be different depending on where and when and where the inspiration comes from. So I think the biggest thing is you don't know what can be, and so I just find it easier to make a habit of just writing down those thoughts all the time, wherever they come. If I'm actually recording them on something or just making a quick note to do that, it just makes it easier. And so sometimes I think if we don't focus on what it's going to be and just take the journey with it. And so uh, everything can be inspiration. What I love is the creating of something beautiful no matter what it looks like and no matter what it sounds like no matter how imperfectly perfect it may be as i partner with the museum here as an author i love to write and so as we approach national poetry month i'm going to be doing um 30 for 30 challenge so anybody interested please feel free to join me but this one was something that we all can write about it's just taking four lines and writing about Silence and the quiet. And then taking another four lines and writing about noise and action. And out of that came this it says, deafening dark silence, ringing loud like church bells at the stroke of noon, resounding melodies that render a pattern of its own choosing, heart dropping emotions bouncing off silent bars and keys of a piano not even playing, humbling sense of peace the very moment that the light enters into its space. Distracting sounds like that of whistling strings and timbrels. Rattling thoughts of letters and words trying to find its home in clarity. Resilient sound that seems so unending and yet actions unabounding. Perseverance to move beyond the noise of life into that place of restful resolve. And it's called inner peace. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I like that. We might have to use that
4: prompt at some
0: point. Thank you.
12: Chanel,
4: Annie Chapetta.
0: So Cheryl,
4: you when you mm-hmm. said about that piece <laughs> about the, uh, the child picking up the rock and being really interested in it, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh-huh. that's what I feel inspires me to write poetry, to stay curious. Mm-hmm. I am curious about the human condition and people's feelings. I'm curious about that smell in the air. What is that flower? I'm curious mm-hmm. about how sunshine plays upon a coil of rope. Or how a, a flower that hasn't totally budded yet, how that feels, and those are all things of curiosity. And to drill down to those those sensations or those sensory pieces, and then build upon them. So being curious is a, for me like the most inspiring part about poetry and and being a writer. And my process follows that. So the curiosity comes first, and then the process. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And I think that's
1: a good way for me to turn it to Kathy. This has been amazing. What a wealth of information from our friends in Writing Works Wonders and people jumping in the call today. Thank you for sharing the wealth of your experience and insight with poetry. We know this will help and encourage so many people. We hope all of you were enriched as well. And our prompt for next week is... I stepped through the sliding doors and realized that there was something or someone laying by the pool in under 100 words finish the story. Our book is for free
0: order. Uh, The ebook and the print book will be out. Both of them will be released on April 15th, which will be our celebration, Writing Works Wonders. Thank you so much, everybody. This has been great. And we look forward to next week. It's going to be round robin
1: fool's day. (laughs) Go right ahead, Kathy. Thank you, everybody, for making this another amazing episode. And for everybody that's participated, it's been so much fun for all of us. What talent we have. And for our listeners, don't miss next Friday, you got it, April 1st, it's April Fool's Day round robin. What else would we do for April Fool's Day but have a blast of fun? And April 8th, yes, the author of the Jack Reacher series, Andrew Childs, a.k.a. Andrew Grant. He's written many other books as well and taken over the series for Lee Childs, don't miss the author of the Jack Reacher series. He'll be with us April 8th. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes, resources, and previous episodes.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. Tap on that button to says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. So then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing.
10: Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect public endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.